Welcome to the Bethesda Church Podcast. We're so glad you've joined us today. If you'd like to contribute financially to this ministry, you can do so at BethesdaChurch.tv slash give and simply select the giving option that works best for you. Thanks again for joining us. We hope you enjoy today's message. All right, let's, uh, I know they're still taking up the offering, and as they do that, before I, I tell you where to go in your Bible, um, I do want to just brag on God. What a wonderful, wonderful uh, week of revival we had here at Bethesda Church. Um, we saw a little bit of everything this week. We saw some miracles. We saw uh, some healings. We saw demons cast out. We saw, we saw the gospel. Amen. Some of y'all are like, oh my word, I'm glad I didn't show up for that. Um, but yeah, we saw the, the gospel of the kingdom was manifested in this place this week. We saw people come in, get saved, and jump right into the baptismal and got, got baptized and came out speaking in tongues, filled with the Holy Ghost. I mean, just some uh, New Testament, Book of Acts kind of stuff um, that took place. And so we just celebrate all that God is doing um, and so I'm just going to uh, dive into the Word of God today and really challenge you uh, with this new series that we're calling A Different Reality. Uh, if you would, go with me to Matthew's Gospel, chapter number 6. We're going to start uh, with the Lord's Prayer and, and kind of dive in and go a little bit deeper today uh, as we go through the message. But Matthew, chapter number 6, starting in verse number 9. And it says, this then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. That means holy is your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. I have said on many, many occasions from this pulpit that we are really good at preaching Jesus, but not so good at preaching the message that Jesus preached. And it's important, Paul said, I, I preach Jesus and him crucified. So I think it's important that we preach Jesus, but I also think it's very, very important that we preach the message that Jesus preached. Jesus had one message, and his message was the kingdom of God. Everywhere he went, he preached the kingdom, and then he would demonstrate the kingdom. And so with that, I'm going to talk to you about a different reality. We're living in a time when you and I need to understand the importance of praying thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. As believers, we have to learn how to tap in to the kingdom of God. I have learned over the years that you can be in the kingdom and not be tapping into the kingdom. That you can be saved and yet miserable until you get to the other side. But the kingdom message, a different reality is that the kingdom does not just settle eternity for you, but the kingdom opens up some things for you in the here and in the now. That the kingdom is supposed to supersede sickness, sin, poverty, disease, all the things that you go through. The kingdom comes and not only changes the spiritual, but it changes your natural. So that's why I say it's a different reality. It's a different reality. Um, how many of you know that the kingdom of God is supposed to be affecting every part of your life in a positive way? 
Do y'all know that? It's supposed to be affecting your life in a very positive way. Um, Jesus said in this prayer, he said, our father who is in heaven, holy is your name. How many know that's a great place to start? Just knowing that God is holy. It's not that he does holy, he is holy. And when I approach God with an understanding that he is holy, it's, it, it, it changes my perspective of him. Um, the next words are, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And then he ends the prayer. He says, for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Living in the kingdom of God is living in a different reality. We're talking about the fact that the kingdom of God is for real. When we are born again, we are born into a kingdom, and though it's invisible to your natural eye, it is, it is more real than the natural world in which you and I live. It's more real than, than what we see, and it supersedes all the things that we experience in the natural. Um, people's realities are different. And the reason people's realities are different is because I believe we create our own realities. Uh, for example, um, if, if I have a victim mindset, if I believe that I am a victim, then I will create a reality where I am often victimized. I will create that reality in my life. If you live a life with a chip on your shoulder, I promise you the devil will send somebody by your house to knock the chip off your shoulder and then put another one there. I will create my own reality. If you see yourself as a failure, not only do you fail, but you attract failure to your life. The Bible says that as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. If you see yourself as a success, if you see yourself as a winner, if you see yourself as the righteousness of God, if you see yourself as the head and not the tail, above only and not beneath, if you see yourself walking in dominion and power and authority, how many know you'll start attracting dominion, power and authority and healing and deliverance into your life? But you gotta see yourself that way. You gotta see yourself that way. When you enter the kingdom of God, your reality is no longer based on your zip code, your ethnicity, your checkbook, your car, your gender, well, who your parents were, who your parents were not, but your reality is now based on what kingdom you live in. And it's possible for there to be two, two houses in your neighborhood that are side by side and they work the same kind of jobs and yet each family are living totally different realities based on what kingdom are you living in? What is your reality based on what kingdom you are living in? It's, in, it's important because the Bible says that the kingdom of God, this is Romans chapter 14, verse 17, the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Now, this is powerful because when I'm living in the kingdom, I have righteousness. That is right standing with God. How many are thankful that it's not a righteousness that you earn, but it's a righteousness that he gave you? Anybody thankful for the right standing God gave you? He said, but also in the kingdom, it's not just righteousness, it's also peace. And what I love about God's peace is peace is not the absence of problems. It's not the absence of storms. But peace, rather, is the presence of Jesus. 
That even in the storm, I can have peace because I live in the kingdom. I live in a different reality. And I may have all hell breaking out all around me, and I still got a peace that surpasses all understanding. Because with the kingdom comes righteousness. With the kingdom comes peace. But with the kingdom also comes the joy of the Holy Ghost. Some of y'all look like you could use a little joy. You're like, I'm, I'm happy. Tell your face. I got the joy of the Lord. We need the joy of the Lord. Why, why do we need the joy of the Lord? Because the joy of the Lord is our strength. You show me a person without joy, I'll show you a weak person. Why do you think the devil tries so hard to rob you of peace, to rob you of joy? He wants to rob you of the strength that you have. But in the kingdom, that reality is I may have problems, I may have struggles. I may be going through a difficult place, but even in the midst of a hard place and of a difficult place, I'm still right with God. I still have peace and I still have the joy of the Holy Spirit because that is part of kingdom living. So the question has to be asked, is it possible for the kingdom of God to change the stuff, the natural parts of our life? We want to make everything just spiritual. And, and, but what you got to understand is that the spiritual affects the natural. So, so not only does it change spiritual things, but it has the ability to change your marriage, your parenting, the sickness. I'm not going to say your sickness because it ain't your sickness. It came from hell. The sickness that you're wrestling with, the kingdom of God wants to liberate you from all those things that's affecting your natural. Our righteousness, peace, and joy of the Holy Spirit is not dependent on natural things, but ultimately the kingdom not only changes our spiritual condition, but it has the power to change our natural situation. That's what the kingdom does. The kingdom of God can manifest in your natural. It's why the apostle Paul said, he said, I didn't come to you with enticing words of man's wisdom, but I came with demonstration and with power. I said it in the first service, I got a little bit bold, and I said, I'm so tired of people that just want to teach this but not do this. They teach healing but don't operate in healing. Teach deliverance but don't ever pray for people to be delivered. Like it's not enticing words of man's, man's wisdom, it's demonstration and power. Yes, teach on healing, teach on biblical prosperity, teach on deliverance, teach the kingdom of God. But at some point, you got to demonstrate it. At some point, you got to do it. Come on, high five with somebody and tell them, just do it. Just do it. Paul was saying that the kingdom, when it manifests, it changes things. And we only see the kingdom as invisible. We see it as something that cannot be measured. But it's possible for you and I to live in a different reality here on the earth. Uh, a great example of this is that the children of Israel are living in a very real place, but they were experiencing a different reality than the Egyptians. They were living in a place, but experiencing a different reality. When God sent the plagues in Egypt, it did not touch the children of Israel, though they were living with the Egyptians. They lived in a little place, the Bible called it Goshen, and it was a little place in Egypt, and, and the Bible goes as far as to tell us that when God sent darkness upon Egypt, that there was still light in Goshen. 
Why? Because they were living in a different reality. Do I need to remind some people today that the White House does not have to affect your house? That what's going on in Washington does not have to affect what's going on in your house. That, that there may be an economic downturn in, in the natural, but how many know God doesn't have uh, the word recession or downturn in his vocabulary? That if you're in the kingdom, you can be living in, in a place that's experiencing a downturn, but be blessed in the middle of a downturn because God will allow you to live in a different reality. I need somebody to praise the Lord right there if you believe your world can look different your world can look different you you hear people sometimes and I, I just got to hit this I, I may not even stay on my notes but we 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 nobody liked it when the gas prices went sky high I get it I would rather pay 95 cents a gallon Come on, anybody feel me? I remember when I was at Marshall University and I'd fill up my truck with gas. And I can remember at the Go Mart there in Huntington, and I, I can remember vividly, uh, 95 cents a gallon. Y'all are like, you old. <laughs> yeah, I am. I'm old. I, I'm, 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 I'm aged. Um, 95 cents. But, but we'll sit around, and even as the people of God, we'll sit around and complain. These gas prices, blah, 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 blah. But nobody ever stops to, to say, you know what? They are really high. But I thank God. He gave me the ability to stop and fill my car up, even though it was $4 and some. Somebody giving praise that you were able to pay for your gas, even if it was a lot more expensive. We got to learn how to, to thank God that he's providing even when circumstances are tough. It's possible for you and I to live a different reality, and we should be living a different reality than non-believers. Yet we come into church, and we say we love Jesus, and we're saved, and we're on our way to heaven, but many times we're living the same reality as those who don't even know God. I mean, that's got to change. We have to live a different reality. It's why Jesus taught us in Matthew 6, he said, don't be like the heathen, who seek all this stuff, he said, for you as believers living in a different reality, seek first the kingdom of God. And all these things you've been seeking will automatically be added to you. You keep seeking the stuff and you live in the same reality as the heathen. But if you'll seek me, you'll see kingdom manifestation in your life and your life will look different than that of a heathen. But you got to seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added to you. And some of the things we get in the kingdom, we get through principle. In other words, there's principles God outlines in the scripture that when we obey the principle, we get a kingdom result. I could give you a list of them. I'll give you one, tithing and offerings. It's a principle. And when you obey God in it and you bring the first 10% to God first, there's a principle that God says, I'll pour out so much blessing you don't have room enough to receive. In other words, I'm going to get involved in your finances and I'll bless you in ways that you didn't even, you couldn't even imagine that I could bless you. It's a kingdom principle. And so there are some things in the kingdom we get through principle. There are other things we get in the kingdom through priority. Some of you are not experiencing a kingdom reality because you have not prioritized the kingdom. See, it's not, God doesn't say, I can't be worshiped second or I can't be worshiped first. God, God, what he says to us is, if I'm going to be worshiped, I don't want to be first or second. I want to be worshiped only. 
Like I, 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 like I want to take priority in your life. Like, and, and so many times I, I talk to people and their, their life's falling apart and, and you get to talking to me and you find out they're not going to church, they're not in a small group, they're not serving, their prayer life's off, and they wonder why everything in their life is falling apart. And, and sometimes I just have to tell people, you have not prioritized God's kingdom. It's not a priority to you. Your job's a priority. Getting your kids to the next sporting event is your priority. But if you want to start seeing kingdom results, you got to place priority on the kingdom. And some of us, we would, we would be living a totally different reality if we simply prioritize God's kingdom and place, place priority on it. God wants to be worshiped only. And if we violate the principles that God has given us, if we violate uh, the things that God says should take priority or precedence in our life, then we don't, we don't end up with the results that we want. Sometimes we miss the principle. Sometimes we miss the priority. Sometimes we even miss the person of the kingdom. The person of the kingdom is Jesus. How many know that he is king of kings and lord of lords? He is the king of this kingdom I'm preaching about today. And and look at what Jesus said in Luke 12, 32. He says, do not be afraid, little flock, for your father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. So he says, he's saying the father has a desire to give you the kingdom. The thing we have to understand, though, is that the kingdom comes to us in measure. It means that we have to grow in the things of the kingdom. Otherwise, he wouldn't have had to tell us to pray for the kingdom to come on earth as it is in heaven. We have the kingdom, but it comes to us in seed form. How many of you are still learning and growing and trying to function in the kingdom? Anybody still learning and growing? And, and the reason for that is, is because it comes in seed form. You, you should be doing more in the kingdom and functioning at a higher level in the kingdom now than you were a year ago. And if you're not, that's problematic because we should be growing in the things of the kingdom. The problem is, is that when we come into the kingdom, we come into the kingdom with fully developed belief systems and value systems that are diametrically opposed to what God says is the kingdom value. So you take a man who's 50 years old, who's never served God, and he all of a sudden comes to a church service, he gives his life to Christ, he goes public with his faith, he gets in the water, he comes out of that water, the old man is dead, he's a new cre creation in Christ, he raises his hands, he's praising God, but at that point, now, he's got 50 years of belief system and value system that is totally upside down from kingdom realities. And so now I've got to make changes. How many know that you have to make changes? Come as you are, but don't stay as you are, right? Like you can come as you are, but Jesus refuses to leave you and I as we are. That there are changes that have to be made, made in our lives if we're going to operate in the kingdom reality. Every person that I've ever met, that has a great anointing on their life, who impacted their generation, who had the kind of faith where they prayed for the sick, saw them recover, who casted out devils, who preached the gospel under a heavy anointing, uh, anybody who's operated in that, they lived a very different reality than the average church attendee. 
Because it's possible to sit up in church every Sunday, week after week, and live the same reality as John down the road who's lost. If you don't prioritize the things of the kingdom. In the kingdom of God, our words do create our reality. If I believe what I say, I can have it. But I've got to speak. The Bible says we believe, therefore we speak. We don't just speak, we speak boldly. You, you, you can take one person who's going through hell in their life, they got all kinds of mess, and you know they're going through a, like a difficult time, yet they have the peace of God while going through hell. And you can take another person who's got blessings all around them, like it just looks like everything they touch is blessed, and yet they complain all the time. So how do you have a person going through hell who's in peace and a person who's blessed who's complaining? They're living in two different realities. One has tapped into the kingdom and living that reality while another is the kingdom is open to them, but they've not tapped into it. I want to encourage you, don't be the kind of Christian who is in the kingdom but never taps into it. Like you're saved, you're ready for heaven, but you're going to be miserable and complaining and, and frustrated until heaven comes. We need a little kingdom of God on the earth. We need a little thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Anybody want that? It's 11 o'clock crowd. Y'all tough on me. Come on, slap somebody a high five and tell them a different reality. A different reality. It's in the prioritizing the kingdom of God that we understand there are other kingdoms. But the other kingdoms are not equal to God's kingdom. And, and I could go down a list of the educational kingdom, the political kingdom, uh, the kingdom of darkness, the, all, all the other kingdoms we could list. None of them are equal to the kingdom of God. And the Bible says that our citizenship is not in White Sulphur Springs, Ron Severt, Lewisburg, Covington, Roanoke, Clifton, any of those places. Our citizenship as followers of Christ is in heaven. That's, that's our citizenship. Uh, if you are a citizen in God's kingdom, that means you have the rights to the place of origin. And the place of origin is not White Sulphur or Lewisburg or Covington or any of those places. The place of origin is that you have to understand God knew you before you were born. You originated in the mind of God before you ever showed up in White Sulphur Springs. God, and, and, and so when the time came, God released you into the earth. And when you get born again, you now come into agreement with all that's in heaven. Did you know you have heaven at your disposal? You have access to things in the heavenlies that, that can impose itself on what's going on in your world, but you got to prioritize it. You got to tap into it. You got to seek first the kingdom of God. God has a purpose for all of us. And in order to accomplish the purpose God has for us, we, we, we have to understand we have resources that we can't see. We have giftings that we didn't know we had. We have anointings that we're not even familiar with yet. But God has given us everything we need to accomplish his purpose. I'm going to say it again. That means that at the end of the day, whoever is in the White House does not control my house. 
that I'm a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. So it doesn't matter what's going on in the world, I live in a different reality. Are y'all getting this? I live in a different reality. Now, let me give you three words that start with the letter A that will help you um, tap into the kingdom. All right? Three, three A words. That sounds bad, don't it? Three A words. Sounds like I'm getting ready to cuss. Um, but I want to give you these. I'm not cussing. Uh, three A words. I've said it again. I'm going to move on. Uh, number one, alignment. Everybody say alignment. Actually, let's go back to acknowledgement. I think I skipped one. Everybody say acknowledgement. All right, now look at this scripture. Look at this scripture. Y'all are laughing now. See, now we can work together. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. This is Proverbs 3. And lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. Now, the reason God has to give us that verse is because our understanding is off. So he's saying, don't follow your understanding, but acknowledge me in all your ways, and if you'll acknowledge me in all your ways, I'll begin directing your path. Why, why does God do that? Because his thoughts are not our thoughts, and his ways are not our ways. And all of our ways are not good. All of our ways are not spiritual. And so we have to not lean on our own understanding and our ways and our thoughts, but we have to acknowledge him in every part of our lives. And when we acknowledge him in those parts of our life, God says, I'll direct you in that area. Any place in my life where I refuse to acknowledge God, his kingdom is excluded from that area. If I don't acknowledge God in my finances, his kingdom will be excluded from that area of my life. If I don't acknowledge God in the way I raise my children, his kingdom will be excluded from that area of my life. I have to acknowledge him in all my ways, acknowledge him, and he said, I'll begin directing your paths. So in whatever ways I cannot acknowledge God, it will exclude his kingdom from that area. If I can't thank God for my kids when they're acting crazy or find a way to acknowledge God in my child raising, I will exclude God from helping me raise my children. It's impossible for you and I to get a kingdom result if we're not acknowledging God in that area. Some of us, we have areas that we acknowledge God. We, we invite God into our marriage, and we say, God, help our marriage and bless our marriage. And, and, and we come home from work, and all we do is complain about the job. What if we stop complaining about the God and we acknowledge God at the job so that we could invite the kingdom into our job? God wants his kingdom to invade every part of your life. A lot of us, we do everything we can think of in the natural that we think is right. And we work really hard. We do A, B, C, and D. The problem is, is that the Bible says there is a way that seems right unto a man, but it leads to destruction. Sometimes we got to take a step back and say, God, I'm going to acknowledge you in this area. And as I acknowledge you, I believe you will direct my path. Anybody believe God will direct your path? I believe he's going to direct your path. So that's acknowledgement. Second word uh, is alignment. We have to align ourselves with the things of God. You, you can be out of alignment with what God is trying to do. We've, been, we've all been there before. God's saying, I'm doing this. This is what I want to do. And instead of getting in alignment with it, we continue to do our own thing. 
But what happens is, while we're out here doing our own thing, we end up becoming frustrated and even mad at God because God's not blessing our own thing, and it's all because we failed to come into alignment with what he was already doing. Listen, God will make this really simple. He will tell you, I want to do A, B, and C. Just get in alignment with it. And if you obey, if you hear and obey, you're going to be blessed simply by aligning yourselves to the purposes of God. And the third thing is agreement. Find some people to get into agreement with. If you're not in in agreement with the right people, it will mess up your kingdom result. I'm going to take this a step further. Um, Sometimes doing the right thing with God takes you out of alignment with people. If you've never experienced that, you will. At some point, when you say yes to God and you obey God, it's going to break relationships. Because some of the people that helped you get to where you are are not assigned to where God is taking you. And so you got to acknowledge that. How many know it's better to obey God than please man? But if you're a people pleaser, it sometimes, listen, you're going to miss what God has for you simply by being a people pleaser. So there's acknowledgement, there's alignment, there's agreement. And I want to show you this different reality from a passage in the Old Testament, Hezekiah, uh, in 2 Chronicles chapter 29, verses 1 and 2. It says, Hezekiah was 25 years old when he became king, and he reigned in Jerusalem 29 years. His mother's name was Abijah, daughter of Zechariah. And he did what was right in the eyes of the Lord, just as his father David had done. It doesn't matter if you get a bunch of people around you that say you're doing the right thing, even if Oprah told you it's the right thing, if Dr. Phil told you it was the right thing. You can get a lot of people telling you you're doing the right thing, but if it's not pleasing God, it doesn't matter. Some people think, watch this, church people drive me crazy. They, they think because they got agreement that it makes them right. You can get 900 people to agree with you, but it doesn't make you right. Last time I checked, this is still the standard. I need a good witness in the house. This is still the standard. It doesn't matter if I got agreement if I'm out of alignment with this. And so Hezekiah, what he did is that he was opening up the house of God. That's what he was doing. In verse 3, it says, In the first month of the first year of his reign, he opened the doors of the temple of the Lord, and he repaired them. First month, first year, first thing he did was he went to the temple where the doors had been locked, and he opened them. He unlocked them. He opened the doors to the house of God because it was the right thing to do in the sight of God. Our first priority in in a kingdom reality is not trying to add to our own lives, add value to ourselves, but our first priority should begin at the house of God that we open up the doors so that people can be impacted by the kingdom of God. And it's not just like we unlock the doors here in the natural. How many of the doors in the natural can be unlocked, but the doors in the spiritual still be locked? 
So it's not just about opening up the doors and having a service, but it's about opening up spiritual doors that, that when we come through the natural doors, we have access to spiritual things that can come into the earth. That's why Jesus said, when you pray, pray thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I'm tired of seeing the people of God come and not opening themselves up to what God has in the heavens and we're limited We think we're limited. We think that we're cut off. But every person I've ever met that had, that, that accomplished something great. In, in their generation, it was because at some point they had to make a decision. I'm not going to be stopped. Hell will not stop me. The doors will not be locked. I will open myself up to everything God has for me. His promises are yes and amen. I refuse to be boxed in. I refuse to be fenced in. I refuse to be limited, but I'm going to step into the fullness of everything God has for me. Do I have anybody in the house that wants everything God has for you? I feel like I'm preaching my guts out, and some of y'all are like, yeah, that sounds good. Sounds good. I'd like a little bit of that. I'm glad. Verse 9 says, this is why our fathers have fallen by the sword, and why our sons and daughters and wives are in captivity. Hezekiah is showing them their present reality, fathers dying, moms and children in captivity, It's because they had closed up the house of God. They had closed themselves off to a different reality, a kingdom reality. I want us to be open to the kingdom. I want this church to be open to what God has for us as it relates to a kingdom reality. Sin, sickness, poverty, and disease, Jesus has already provided. He has already made a way. And I want this church to be known as when we step in the doors of this house in the natural, we, we have ceased to, to live in that natural reality, and we have stepped into the kingdom of God where all things are possible. We've seen a lot of it this week, some of the healings and miracles and things that, that we saw and revived. And here's what's sad. Here's what's sad. I think we had 1,100 people here last Sunday. You know how many people came to revival each night? A third. And you say, well, pastor, I had this and I had that. And I, I get, some of you had legitimate things. I get it. But if we don't place priority, let, let me just, let me, let me we, we paid to bring some of the best, most anointed preachers in the world. We brought them to White Sulphur Springs and some of you didn't even take time to be here one night. Now, are you mad, Pastor? I'm not mad. We experienced breakthrough, healing, miracle. I'm not mad. I'm just saying, don't come to me saying your world's falling apart if you've not prioritized the kingdom. Because it could have been your breakthrough. It could have been your miracle. You may have missed an opportunity. Are you saying I'll never get I'm not saying you'll never get it. I'm just saying... Why live with it another day? 
I'm reminded of what Pharaoh said. When, when, when God sent the plagues, y'all remember this? It's, the, it's one of the funniest places in Scripture. I always laugh every time I read it. When God sent the frogs, and there were frogs everywhere. I mean, they went in to get their Count Chocula cereal. They opened up the cupboard and frogs are jumping out of the box and onto them. And, 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 you know, Moses like, do you want it to stop? And Pharaoh said, yeah, tomorrow. Why, why would you spend one more night with the frogs? Some of you all want to spend one more night depressed, one more night sick, one more night broken, one more night messed up. I'm telling you the kingdom is available in the here and now, and we're not just opening up the doors in the natural, we have opened up the doors in the spiritual, and what is in heaven can invade your earth. I need somebody to praise God if you believe that. Why are you spending one more night with the frogs? Yeah, just give me one more night, Lord. I don't want one more night of depression, one more night of anxiety, one more night of sickness. I don't want one more night of broken relationships. I don't want one more night of messed up living. I want to see the kingdom invade my life. Y'all think, pastor's mad. I'm not mad. I'm saying, why are you missing your breakthrough? Why are you not participating in what God has for you? He has big things for you. He has big things for this church. He wants to do exceeding abundantly above all. We had prophetic words given out over this place that would blow your mind. Some of you were not here to hear any of them. So when we start operating in it, you're going to be like, why'd they do that? Because God told us to. Because God told us to. I want you to stand. I'm going to quit. I got to quit. Stand with me. There's a lot more scriptures I could give you, but I'm going to go on to the last one. Second Chronicles chapter 30, it's the very next chapter. He's taken the time to prioritize a kingdom mandate. And you need to know, and I had a conversation between services, Pastor Karen and I did with Pastor Charles about um, this year as we've stepped in to like really exercising kingdom living and realities and what I mean by that we hosted a healing conference here in May and um, we're praying differently than we've ever prayed before we're not just saying God please help people we're like commanding the devil to loose them commanding the sickness to leave and we're, we're operating in a new level of authority which has brought a new level of spiritual warfare and every time there's a new level, there's always new devils. And as you go up in the kingdom and as you exercise kingdom authority, there, there are going to be attacks. There's going to be things that come against you. But I, I want to encourage some people that's been feeling that and experiencing that. The battle's already won. The battle's already won. Don't get weighed down in all the details and you know, all the things that are coming against you. The devil's just mad because you're taking territory. The devil's just mad because the kingdom is expanding. He's just mad because the broken are finding freedom. He's mad because the sick are getting healed. He's mad because those in bondage are being delivered. As Hezekiah got everything put in order in a kingdom assignment, 
It says in chapter 30, verses 25 through 27, it says, the entire assembly of Judah rejoice, along with the priests and Levites and all who had assembled from Israel, including the foreigners who had came, come from Israel and those who resided in Judah. There was great joy in Jerusalem. For since the days of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel, there had been nothing like this in Jerusalem. I want you to know what God's about to do in and through this church in this region. There's been nothing like it before. There's not going to be a reference point. There's not going to be something to say. This is what we're, we don't know. The Holy Ghost does though. It says the priests and the Levites stood to bless the people and God heard them for their prayer reached heaven, his holy dwelling place. As they got the priorities in alignment, as they set things in order, as they opened up the house of God, not just in the natural, but spiritual, things began to change. When you live in a different reality, the, the Old Testament rabbinical teaching was, with, was this, when they burnt the incense and people prayed, as the prayers and the incense mingled together, the people could literally visualize their prayers going up. And when we begin praying from a kingdom reality standpoint, and you and I begin to worship and pray and pray thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We are living in a different reality and I believe what God is gonna do in this season, he's gonna help you see your prayers going up. He's gonna help you see that as your prayers go up, not only are they going up, but God is hearing them. The prophet said, you will call and I will answer. You will call and I will answer. And I just believe that we are entering into a season that it's time to pray some bold prayers, some extravagant prayers, believing that God is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask or think. And God is saying, I've got an answer before you even release your prayer. I'm gonna answer you. I want you to bow your head and close your eyes. No one looking around for the next couple of moments. I wanna speak to people in this room that would say, Pastor, I'm not right with God. I'm not in right relationship with him. I got sin in my life that I need to repent of and I need to invite Jesus to be the Lord of my life, Savior of my life. I'm not gonna embarrass you, but if that's you, you say, Pastor, that's me. I, I, I need to repent. I need to make some things right with God. I need to get some things under the blood. If that's you, would you just throw your hand up right there where you are and say, that's me. Thank you for the, all these hands here. God bless you all. I see those back there too. I see this one back here, yes. Anyone else? Anyone else? You say, that's me. See that hand in the back. God bless you. God bless you. Anyone else before we pray? Anyone else before we pray? I want you to lift your voice with mine. I want everybody to pray out loud where you can hear it with your own ears. Say, dear Heavenly Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. I'm a sinner. I've committed sins. I need a savior. I can't save myself. So I ask you, Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me for all my sins. Be my Lord, and my savior. Thank you for saving me and changing me. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, let's celebrate. Let's celebrate this morning.
Oh, you can do better than that. Come on, let's give God a praise for salvation. Our compass coordinators are getting some manuals in your hand right now. If they haven't gotten to you, you can raise your hand, wave at them. They're, they're, they're looking for you to bring you a compass manual to help you take your next step. We have compass class next Sunday. We want to invite you to it uh, so that I can spend some time with you and get you placed in a compass small group. Uh, so exciting what God is doing. So many miracles that have happened this week. Uh, I believe there's miracles available in the house this morning. I'm going to ask our prayer team and staff, if you would, to go ahead and get in place. We're going to open up the altars, uh, and we're going to have a time of worship and also a time of prayer. As the worship team gets ready to lead us, can you give Jesus one more big praise this morning? Come on, let's do that. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Bethesda Church. We hope you'll stay connected by following us online. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and our website, BethesdaChurch.tv. Thank you for joining us and have a great day.